Hey, I'm Fred. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ed. And this is Creator Generation. I personally think that anyone can be a teacher, but it doesn't mean they're going to be good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fred, what are we doing this week? This week we're chatting with Rob Woodward, who is one of the first language creators on YouTube. Since then, he's used the power of the platform to get in front of 45,000 different classrooms around the world. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. We're back with another episode of Creative Generation. This week we're joined by Rob Woodward, a teacher, a YouTuber, creator. I've been a bit vague because Rob's got more YouTube channels than um, I have nicknames by the sound <laughs> of it. Um, but hey, Rob, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, much appreciated. So, Rob, maybe you could do a, do yourself a bit more justice than, than that sloppy mess that I just brought up. What, what's your, who are you and what do you do? I think you can do a better, better job being the teacher you are. My name is Rob. I'm from New Zealand and with my wife Angelica from Chile, we teach people languages in general. We've got, as you mentioned, a number of YouTube channels. We've got Woodward English, Woodward Spanish, Italian, and, and some others. And we have another 22 websites that we, we're focused on education, teaching languages, and we create resources for language teachers and also for students. So in a nutshell, that's basically what we do. That's brilliant. Like, actually, this is, probably should, I should do a better way of asking you for an introduction. Like, if you're at a dinner party, is that how you tell people what you do? Like, Ooh, you know, like people go, hey, what do you do? Uh, no, I say I'm a pole dancer or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. No, um, I, it, it, that's actually a really good uh, question because it's hard to say what you do without the associated stigma. Like if I say I'm a YouTuber, they'll just associate it with like I'm, I'm doing pranks or doing stupid things and things unboxing. like that. So, or <laughs> unboxing things. Yeah. So basically, like if someone asks that, um, you know, what do I do? So like, oh, we create resources for teachers. And that's like a sort of vague thing. I don't mention YouTube or anything like that. Of course, it is YouTube, PDF resources, websites and everything like that. But yeah, I create resources to help teachers around the world. That's cool. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah, that's good. It's true. We help teachers all around the world. Well, how did you get started? Um, we started uh, many moons ago. Uh, my wife and I, we had a very small language school in Santiago, Chile, South America. And we had like a reduced number of students in the classes. And in order to help our students, we created some websites. It's like, you know, in the class, you can't cover everything. So if you want to check out some uh, do versus make or countable nouns or some grammar term, go check out the website. I've created something there. Go use it and enjoy. And then what started happening is people from all around the world started visiting the website. I'm like, well, this is interesting. And it got up to some interesting numbers of people visiting. And we thought, well, actually, this is actually a viable um, thing that we can do. This is, we're talking about 2005. Um, quite a while ago and then we got connected to to AdSense we're one of the first um, what do you call it users of AdSense way back then and and I'll always remember our first um, day that we we implemented AdSense on the website 
and it was like the grand total of like 12 cents. <laughs> and I'm like, this came from, for me, it like came from nowhere, like from the heavens, like where did this come from? I didn't have to teach, I didn't have to do anything, it just arrived in 12 cents. And I thought, or we thought, it was like, oh, there's actually potential in this. So we yes. started creating more material for our students, but people just from around the world. And little by little, it started to grow. And it got mm. to a point where it's like, this is actually interesting. We could either be working with lots of teachers and students coming in and out, or we have this other passive income coming from the other, other, other area from our websites, and we're starting to balance out. And the thing is, what was very important for us was a work-life balance, because back then we'd be working from seven o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. That was like our normal day. And on Fridays until three o'clock in the morning, because we'd have some different events for our students, like with red wine and barbecues, but that's just another <laughs> thing. Or ping pong championships. <laughs> um, but from there, we, um, we decided it's like when our children were born, we can't continue at this pace. We want to be a part of our children's lives. And so we decided, okay, let's just try pushing the online world a bit more. Mm -hmm. And we did that, like little by little, very happy with our language school, how it was going. And then in oh, then we had the huge earthquake in Chile, which is an 8.8, .8, which was the fifth strongest recorded earthquake in the world. We were in that, which was a, you could say a life-changing experience. Mm -hmm. And we thought, okay, our language school couldn't work for a while and things like that. So we thought, but the online side was actually continued to work. So we thought, mm -hmm. oh, actually, this is, has even more potential. So I created a YouTube channel in 2011 and we didn't do anything for like four years. <laughs> we just created it and did nothing. And then the Rugby World Cup came up in 2015. New Zealander, we like rugby a little bit. And I was watching that and we started work. I started working from home so I could watch some of the games and creating content for the websites. I thought, okay, we could start creating some videos, you know, just to help because people couldn't be in our classrooms because we're in a part of Santiago, limited space, like maybe a hundred people or something like that. Mm -hmm. But we always, we've wanted to help people. So I thought maybe if I start creating some lessons, video format that people can use, you know, just around the world, just around the world and so I uploaded the first videos, which are terrible. Oh, God, you have no idea. But anyway, <laughs> we uploaded our first videos and things like that. And they started getting seen. I'm like, this is interesting. Awesome. And it just started taking off from there. Did you say at the start that you have 22 websites? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> 21, 22, or 23, something like that. <laughs> How do you possibly, and is it just your, you and your wife running it together? Yes, totally. How do you do it? Tell me, how do you manage 22 websites and multiple YouTube channels? Because I am struggling with one website. And one <laughs> <laughs> um, we honestly, we should focus on one or two. And a lot of them, they're sort of like semi-ignored. It's like, oh, I've got this right. website about New Zealand, for example. Right. And I created material for that like oh, years ago. And just upload it. And it's just static there. It's just there and people enter and come along and everything like that. Mm -hmm. It's not just about language learning. Right. And But our main websites are our English one, our Spanish one, 
probably the Italian one now at the moment because I'm learning Italian. Yeah. So those are the, the main ones. But the biggest one is the, the Woodward English website. So you focus your resources more on the ones that get the most engagement? Yes, you could say that. Um, yeah, it's like it's the, the English and the Spanish ones, they both have a lot of engagement. And sometimes Spanish does a lot better. But for some reason, we, we decided like a couple of years ago, let's just focus on English for a bit to try and we've got so many things to do. We thought, let's try and focus on one of our websites. And we started promoting and creating and everything like that. And as a result of that, it started doing a lot better too. Like spreading mm. yourself out, self out too thin sometimes doesn't work the best. So mm. yeah, so we started focusing okay. just on like two or three or four-ish <laughs> websites in general. But yeah, it is a bit time-consuming sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, it's got to be done. Mm-hmm. So obviously you've expanded out quite a lot. I actually read that you're in forty-five thousand classrooms now. Those are the ones that we know of. Um, yeah. Yes, our 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 for example our YouTube lessons, um, they get seen all over the world. And how do we know? Just the comments from teachers, from students, and everything like that. And I love it. Like when they mentioned where they're from, it's like, oh, I'm 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 from I don't know Ethiopia. It's like, hey, and I'm like, it's just weird for me to know that people are watching or in some classroom or some house or apartment somewhere around the world that they're actually watching the things we create. It just really blows my mind. But the best thing is knowing that we've helped someone in some just little way, that's the, the, one of the most satisfying things. Because, yeah, our, our public's not like just English speakers or like from the States or Australia, New Zealand or anywhere. It's just like around the world. There are billions of people that want to learn, for example, English. Mm. So that, that, that's basically our audience. Super cool. Hey, you mentioned, which is a very New Zealand thing, that you started creating YouTube videos from home because you wanted to stay and work from home and watch the Rugby World Cup, yeah. which is <laughs> like, I, I can't imagine there's any other creator in the world that says they started their channel because they were watching the rugby <laughs> the content is not even remotely related exactly um that's a, a beautiful thing and um you know surely one of the old old all blacks would like richie mccall be definitely listening to the podcast because you know we, yeah. we, we're everywhere and they all love us <laughs> but um you know he should give you a shout out but like what was that 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 like then when you're realizing you know you could teach on youtube were you like well can anyone can anyone do do what do what you just did and just sit at home and turn on the camera and suddenly you're a, you're a teacher how does that is that an opportunity for everyone yes i personally think that anyone can be a teacher but it doesn't mean they're going to be good Oh, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, but the important thing is, um, you don't have to be good at the beginning. For example, as I mentioned before, our first videos were actually, um, I'm a little bit embarrassed by them, but the reason I don't delete them is because they've had like millions of views. They're still there. They're just like, yeah. Um, but for example, when we started, our audio was 
the worst ever. We had no idea what we were doing. And I remember uh, we're in Santiago at the time, a city of 7 million people, and we lived in the corner of the, like a busy interse- the busiest interse- intersection there. So there's a bit of noise outside and everything like that. So to record the audio, what I'd do is I'd have to go into our toilet like oh a small a, a toilet of our bath and my wife actually took a photo of it I, I really wanted to show it anyway and I'm sitting on the toilet this toilet seat's down <laughs> I'm sitting on the toilet I've got this like little mini table desk type thing with a laptop there and the microphone and I go to record and I've got towels hanging yeah. from different parts of the toilet just to, to, to soften the so there's not so much echo and things like that and I'm about to record, and then suddenly, the guy in the apartment above us, he's like knew when I was going to record. And he starts <laughs> juggling bowling balls or some random thing like that. You have no idea. I hope it was bowling balls and not something else, because it's a toilet directly above us. But it was just like, oh, so you got to wait for him to finish his juggling act or marbles. or oh, God knows what it was. And I say, and it just takes me ages to record the audio, and then you've got to clean it and everything like that. Yeah. And I had no experience. And so, yeah, that was, like when you're at the beginning, the first things that you do, most of the time, they're going to be crap. They're not going to be any good. But that is where you learn. That is where you discover what you need to improve and how you can advance, for example, on the YouTube world or in anything, really. But if you want to, to be a YouTuber, for example, or create videos for YouTube, um, just start. One of the things I sort of reg- regret is not starting back in 2011. Mm. I waited four years and then it's like, oh, let's just create some videos. And mm. if I had to start earlier, maybe we could have even been bigger or reached more people or helped more people. We don't know. But just do. And then from there, you'll discover what you need, what you don't need. And then you just advance and you will in theory, improve over time. In our case, not too sure, but in theory, you should improve over time. We, look, we often say that, you know, a lot of creators the, or creators who want to get on the platform will say, well, what do I do first? And the first advice is just start, get, get it underway. Yeah, totally um, agree. There are, there are some <laughs> things that are obviously quite complex and obviously being a good teacher is, is, a, is a tricky thing, right? It does take a process. Um, and YouTube is a very powerful platform, but you mentioned before it takes time, you learn, but do you have any tips on how to explain, like how to be a good teacher, how to be a good explainer? Uh, I think the most important thing is to be useful. That's the, that's, that's basically the best thing you can be is just be useful, help, because usually on YouTube, there are two ways people will watch your content. It's either you're going to be funny or helpful. They're like mm. how you get your audience. So if you're going to be teaching, see, basically be useful. From a teacher's point of perspective, um, something that we do differently from most other teachers is that we, um, I don't actually appear on, on the screen. Almost never. Maybe a couple of the first videos, everyone's going to start looking like, <laughs> but like in the first <laughs> videos, I did, did appear in some of them. But... Um, I, I don't appear on the screen because I like to think that if I, it's like creating like a PowerPoint presentation in a way, 
I create something that teachers can use in the classroom, or if you want to create a, a video yourself, that your students can use in the class, at home or wherever. And I think that since I don't normally appear, teachers are more likely to show that in the classroom, whereas if I did appear, it's like the students are like, why, why is our teacher showing another teacher teaching? It's like mm -hmm. I, it's, yeah. it's just like this weird, weird thing. But yeah, to answer your question, just be useful for your students, but you'll be surprised about how many other people are wanting to learn from from mm. from, from what you do. That's yeah. so interesting, Rob, because I feel like it's so good to hear a different creator's perspective because for me, I feel like my community and building it revolves around me. And mm. I think it comes down to sometimes whether or not people like me. If you don't like me or like how I speak or something like that, you'll watch my channel and turn off. Whereas with what you're doing, because it's not really about you, it's about you know learning this language, people don't necessarily have to like you as the creator. And that's a really interesting thing. And I wonder how you go about fostering your community then, because um, you and I were speaking a little while ago about you doing lives and still managing to have that connection with people, that second step of connection through your lives and getting them, yeah, giving them the opportunity to get to know you. How does that work? That's the time that I do appear on our YouTube channel is with the live streams and I love them because I can actually show more of, who I am and my real personality. Yes. I'm evil. No. <laughs> my real personality <laughs> is that I have a strong sense or crazy, weird, warped, whatever you want to call it, sense of humor. <laughs> and in my normal videos, I have to sort of behave myself, stop swearing like a sailor. And because you can't show those types of things in a... In a in the classroom, teachers don't appreciate it. <laughs> um, but when I'm live, okay, I don't swear, you know, just for the <laughs> algorithm type thing. But I do show this other side where I can interact and enjoy. And I love, I love our community. Yeah. I mean, like, we have channel members that have been with us for years. And you get to know them about where they're from. We create a Discord for them and we can interact with them. And you get to know about their lives, their dogs and their events and, the, and it's and that's something that i love this type of connection and on youtube you got like a hundred or so people live right then and you're going through the chat and everything like that and they're like oh you remember me you you actually interact and, and they appreciate that yes. and it's also interesting to see what people need what they're it's like yeah what people need and how you know, just the, the responses about everything. It's just great having this interaction with with them as a, as a person. Mm. Yeah, that's just something I love about the live streams. It's interesting, right? Because as a person, you can reach so many people and it's so impactful. I mean, we ran an accelerator mm. a while ago and one of the creators in, in the program um, ran a, a teaching channel um, or a series of teaching channels and they were the biggest in, in Bangladesh, I'm pretty sure. Mm. And in that part of the world, they were bigger than any educational edu institution, bigger than a university, bigger than any school. They taught more wow. people in that country than anyone else did. And it was so impactful. Like you can, you can't yeah. imagine like um, how impactful, uh, impactful it is. Um, and they were just saying like how rewarding it is. And they've created all these different channels to cover all the different parts of the market. But now it's, you know, when people refer to education, it, their <laughs> channel is synonymous with education in that country. And I thought that was really fascinating. Wow. Yeah, that's also one of the good things about not appearing on, appearing on screen is you don't have the 
uh, you can walk down the street without a problem, basically. Mm. And mm. because yeah. I know I've heard it's like some creators, they like sort of get the, the fans and everyone like that and and can sometimes be over overwhelming. And that's a good thing. Like you can just, no one knows who I am. I can go anywhere. And it's great <laughs> because you don't get those weird looks or anything like that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, speaking of fans, we, you know, Ant's had a couple of fan moments, people coming up to him and accosting him and, in events and on stage Massive. and yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, Wonton! Actually, there was only two two fans. Our only two. I, I can't remember your name, so that's why we only got two. They like we the, the very last VidCon in in Australia. They they came up and they're like, "Yeah, oh, are you Ant? Like, love the we love the podcast all day." Oh. Okay. People actually listen. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a long time ago. No. It was. It was. You yeah. become used to the fame now. Now, I now you're just mega street. famous, and it's just like, oh, yeah. I'm not looking forward to going to oh. VidCon this year. <laughs> well, I, you know, the beautiful thing about COVID for for, for my celebrity is that I'm okay. Otherwise, yeah, it was just. Yeah, the, um, the local police force were very, very concerned with, <laughs> with uh, the crowds that would turn up and follow me. Yeah, look. Yeah. Oh, those, and those security details are so expensive. <laughs> and look, we could talk about this all day, but we're not going to do it. <laughs> hey, just a quick interruption. If you want to hang out with your fellow creator community, hang out with us from Creator Generation as well. Just join the Creator Generation Discord community. You can hit the link below. We'll see you there. But I want to say, look, we've obviously, you know, established YouTube can be an extremely impactful platform for education, and it's becoming that way, right? It's, it's a, it's a mm. very valuable source of information yes. for a lot of people around the world. Um, as an educator, you've obviously seen the advantages of it. Now, what would you say, though, maybe are some of the limitations that you find? If you're a teacher and you want to use YouTube in your classrooms, you have to sort of make sure you watch the video before sharing it with your with your <laughs> students because, as I said, some people could give random... They could be swearing, which is not appropriate for the classroom, or they could start going off in a different tangent, or they could be, like, trying to be YouTube famous and they're saying things that are not appropriate. Or another thing that I found is some there is... Uh, English YouTubers, for, for an example, they will have the sponsorships in there. So if you go to sh- show that video to your classroom, you have to know when to start because you don't want to show your students a one-minute intro to brand X. So you've got to be sometimes careful of, about those types of things. Um, mm-hmm. Limiting, I mean, you can learn any absolutely anything on YouTube and you can find, there will be content for your students on YouTube if you're a teacher. There's just mm. so many things available, but you just have to filter through which ones are the, are the best for your students. And mm. it's actually great using YouTube with students because there's an, an educator thing called the flipped classroom, which is changing the concept of teaching. Um, how can I explain it? It's like what they do is traditionally in a classroom is like the teacher's writing on the board, I am, you are, you know, to be or something like that. And then the students do exercises in the actual, in, you know, in the class. But what this flipped classroom is, is they give this, uh, the, the, the students have to learn outside of the classroom for example, they might be watching YouTube videos or doing activities or web. There are many websites oh. to learn languages. And then mm. when they come back to the classroom, they apply it 
practice right. it because you, if you're teaching a concept it could take you an hour and now we're going to practice and the bell rings and they have to go whereas with this other format the flipped classroom is like okay your homework watch this video and then when you're back in the classroom, we're going to practice it or watch these videos or do this website activity or play this mm. game online. And then when we come back, we'll actually use and apply it. And that's the most important thing about, for example, learning languages or probably learning anything is using, applying, doing. And that's where you learn the most, more mm. than the theory. So that's yeah. one of the, that's a, like another benefit of yeah. YouTube and limitations. Honestly, I can't. They probably well, are, but I can't think of any immediately. What about something like uh, IP theft, like people stealing your videos or issues like that? Okay. If you're a creator, that can be very frustrating. It's something frustrating for us. For yes. example, almost every day we'll get like a notification. Fortunately, from YouTube, they are the best for this because mm -hmm. someone uploads one of our videos, they'll download, upload it, and then boom, we get a notification. Mm -hmm. And YouTube is like, it's a very simple <laughs> process. You just click some buttons, put your name and everything, and it's pretty much taken down within hours or something like that, which is good for us as a, as a creator. Mm -hmm. With Facebook and Instagram, it's a bit more time consuming and they like on and on and hesitate a bit more, but eventually it gets done, but it's a lot more time-consuming. Something important that teachers must know is, for example, do not like Google images. If you see an image on Google, mm. do, not, do not upload that to your website or use it in your video or anything yes. like that because yes. you can get hit very hard. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. I read something about five or six years ago of a person that went to Google search, found an image, uploaded it onto their blog. It wasn't even like a real website. It was just like a blog. And then suddenly they got an invoice for 8,000 US dollars from the Ooh. photographer Ooh. because they used it illegally. And the teacher, ah, but it's fair use. I'm, edu I'm using it for non-commercial reasons doesn't matter there's actually i was actually going to send a, a link about this but it's behind a paywall now unfortunately and it shows the person actually wrote about this what happened and they had to pay wow. so be very careful wow. about just grabbing any image or content online and uploading it on any of your places on your websites or blogs or anywhere because it can cause inconveniences i'll say <laughs> i mean especially if you, if you had like a, a hit video for example and you had like a bit of copyrighted material on there and it gets taken down you could lose <laughs> all of that yeah. right so yeah. yeah and then on the flip side like like phoebe and and, and rob you both have been back and forth a bit on the uh creative generation yeah. discord about this because phoebe's <laughs> furious phoebe's been similar experience right oh, tell us about I'm, it tell oh, us about really it really mad this is about Rob, not about me, but hey, we're all creators. Well, some of us listening to this are creators, so you guys will know how frustrating it is. Just Matt and I work in the travel space, and we've just had some issues develop over the last few years where, so we might shoot, let's say we shoot 20 segments in a video of all different activities and restaurants and whatnot, just to give you context. So brands are downloading the entire video, cutting out their little bit, and then uploading it to Instagram, Facebook, all this kind of stuff. And 
I hate confronting people. And I've had some bad had some bad instances in the past where I've confronted people and said, hey, actually, you can't do that. And then they get really mad at me. And they're like, well, it's about me, so I must own it. And I hate fighting with people. So it's a tough, tough thing. I don't know. One interesting tidbit, actually, you mentioned about um, – Facebook and Instagram, how they're maybe not as on it as YouTube are. Mm. Um, one thing Matt and I learned the hard way for anybody out there listening is that if another, if somebody else downloads your video and uploads it to Facebook before you, and then I try and say, hey, that's actually my copyrighted thing, Facebook will say that no, the first person to upload it is the mm. person that owns it. <laughs> so keep keep that in mind, friends. Mm. <laughs> it's wild. It's a bit out of a minefield. Which is a minefield. <laughs> Wrong. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay, and, and if anyone who's listening is curious about who Matt is, um, check out the video because Matt appears in the background of Phoebe's video as the naked man in the yellow the in the background. naked there. man. Yes, oh, great. Man. This is going to get millions of views now. Sweet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, well, look. I mean, like you said, there are there are some issues that are unique to being on a video platform that is that are as big as as YouTube. Um, but look, the other thing we often get asked when it comes to channels that are very utility based, and utility meaning you know people go there for a reason to learn something, um, mm-hmm. and they might be just you know want to learn a one off thing or learn a couple of bits and then want to move on. Is then how do you attract an audience and how do you keep them? How do you gain subscribers who keep coming back to the channel? Okay. I have the secret. Mm. Just come closer, come closer. I'm so excited. The secret to getting more subscribers on YouTube that nobody, the secret that nobody tells you is that it makes them 69% more attractive if they subscribe. And they go and do it. They go and do it. Seriously. (laughs) No, I need to. I did that in one video, and it actually worked. Right. I'm like, yeah. I just say it as a joke, just going breaking out of the norm, and they started doing Do it. Because I'm was... going to try that, Rob. I'm going to say that in our next video, yeah. and I will. <laughs> I mean, it worked. No, but seriously, the thing, if you're starting on YouTube, or even if you're a, someone quite active on YouTube, don't worry about subscriber numbers at all. Subscriber numbers are, in a way, vanity metrics. Mm -hmm. What you need to work on or concentrate on is getting views. Because once you're accepted into the the YPP, which is the YouTube's monetization program that we get paid for ads and everything like that, you are not paid by the number of subscribers. You could have one subscriber, a million subscribers, it does not matter. You're not getting paid by the number of subscribers that you have. What you are getting paid by is the number of people that see, view your your video, which in turn, um, they'll see your ads and that's how you get paid. For example, um, I'll go give you an example. There's a, a channel from uh, uh, from New Zealand and they got they had million they had millions of subscribers and what happened is the person that owned it i think with the that the the four kids content or something like that they they must have sold it to someone or there's a change of owner you could tell this this change and when they had 5 million subscribers they had millions and millions and millions of views and they were, would have been raking in at least $100,000 a month 
easily, Whoa. like a low estimate. Mm -hmm. And I visited the channel like a, the other day and I went to have a look and now the channel's only averaging like 2000 views a day instead of millions a day. Oh. So that channel, which has millions of view, uh, subscribers is probably earning like $2, $5, um, you know, a day, which is nothing compared to back in the day. So yeah. it doesn't really matter how many subscribers you have. What is more important is getting people eyeballs on your content. And I think that's something that we have been fortunate with is because like, even when we had like a small amount of numbers, like for example, Okay, they're not small, but smaller a num amount of numbers, like 300,000 subscribers. We were getting the same number of views as some of the English channels that had millions of subscribers, like 2 million, 3 million subscribers. And we were like thinking like, why is that? One of the reasons we think, because we don't really know, is because uh, our videos are shown by teachers to students. Like, instead of one pair of eyeballs, like one person coming in there, oh, I'm going to learn this. It actually reaches like 30 students in the class. They do it for homework. So you got 30 times more views than you would just trying to target individual people. So what is more important is the views more than the subscribers. I mean, subscribers, numbers, yeah, they're nice and you get the, the, what is it, the, the award and everything like that. But it's the, the views that are, are much, much more important. I mean, I just have a question for you. For example, what would you prefer to have like a million subscribers and oh, I'm so cool or get lots of money? <laughs> Having less, less subscribers and lots of money. Which do you prefer? I'm just about that fame. Yeah. <laughs> and just wants to sign autographs. That's all he wants. <laughs> selfies, selfies with fans all day. <laughs> So, Rob, can I ask, um, what are some of the ways you monetize? Because I know how I monetize. It's, it's a lot of, you know, brand deals for me. It's a lot of, you know, people paying me to make content. It's different for you as an education provider. What are some of the ways you monetize? Okay, one of the um, areas, of course, the, the AdSense, the, the, the ads that you see on there, which is typical for YouTube. Something else that we do is we have um, resources for teachers as in downloadable pdf resources and things like that which is actually fortunately a lot better than what you can earn from youtube i mean if you've got a pdf resource that's only like one dollar or two dollars or something like that it's very accessible for many yeah. for many teachers or, or or parents also not just teachers parents they download them and they use them with their kids mm -hmm. and you think well that's not much but when you've got volumes of people watching and thinking oh that's actually good i might actually use that that's where it starts increasing there's just small amounts you don't need to yeah. always i mean some people say oh you need to sell a course that's like a thousand dollars or something like that mm -hmm. you don't always need to do that you can do like little bits here and there and it just starts building a mountain in the end wow. and, and also the thing about that rob is that mm -hmm. you do the work once right you oh and that's, that's the thing once. things we created like eight years yeah. ago they're like fortunately still doing well and we did all the work eight years ago just like little bits here and there and it just grows from there and that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons also with our for example our language courses they are free i mean many teachers they like they'll make you they'll charge you like twenty dollars or a hundred dollars or whatever it is we make sure it's free because we have the english lesson and 
we embed the, the, the YouTube video at the top. And when you got like millions of people coming to your website every month and you're getting these eyeballs on your videos or on the content, you either got you get income from the videos, you got income from the, yep. the AdSense on the website yep. or from the videos, or and then, oh, I've got this associated product, which is the PDF, boom, another dollar, two dollars, sometimes. It's just, it can go from there. And that's also another reason why we haven't done until now, if anyone's listening, you know, we do accept six-figure digits, but, <laughs> but we haven't done sponsorships because if a teacher's going to show your video in the classroom, it's going to be an inconvenience if one of those appears. And they're usually at the beginning too. It's like, come and try this product or whatever it is. And that's yeah. just not our our way. Yeah. yeah, it's just not our way. Brilliant. Hey, um, well, unfortunately, that's time. Like, we've run out of time. We've been hanging out with you for ages, Rob. But, um, like, fascinating stuff. I love it. Yeah. Like, a, you know, just... You know, anyone can be a teacher. You might not be good <laughs> yeah. at it unless you start. But unless you, you start, start. And just start. It. Like, it, you know, I think that's like that um, that image of you on the in the bathroom uh, recording the audio <laughs> is, you know, that's just brilliant. Like that just shows you where you can start and, and go from there. So and, and you can reach millions of people and teach them something. So, yeah, Rob, like mm, exactly. super stoked to have you join us on the, on the pod and, and share your story and insights with us. Thank you for having me. I hope I behave myself enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rob.